0: Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. in this parable Jesus gives us a comparison of two different individuals one who is trusting in themselves and one who trusts in God and as he tells this parable we hear this prayer of the Pharisee as he looks up to heaven with all certainty that he has done all of the right things and not only is he so sure of his own actions, his comparison is to say, and, and I'm better than all these other people, these heathens over here who don't do all of the great things that I do. And that type of prayer uh, is, is so easy to creep into our lives that we can come before God uh, with a litany of all the ways we're so awesome and God should just be overjoyed and thankful to have us uh, to, to serve him um, because we're not like our evil neighbors who never go to church or our co-workers and we have this list then not only are we so great but we can easily get a list of all the people uh, that we can say well I'm certainly better than them look at them And when we make that type of comparison, uh, we always come out looking great because we're never going to pick somebody who's better than us to compare ourselves to because we don't like how that feels. So we always are going to pick somebody where we come out the winner and they're the deficient ones. And then we start to think, well, then I have achieved sufficiency. So there's nothing left for me to do because this Pharisee's probably sure... I've nailed it all. And certainly, the things the Pharisee is doing are the right things. Where it went awry is with such conviction he looks up to heaven, sure of his own work that it has earned him an unblemished record before God. That's where it went awry. Not that he did these things, or even that he brought them to God, but he's so self-sufficient. And that's the danger. And then we contrast that with this, this image of the tax collector, who is far off and doesn't even look up, and the only prayer, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner that the tax collector recognizes his predicament, the tax collector recognizes his own need of mercy and grace, so much so that he's not even looking up. He's just trusting on the mercy of God. And that's that same sentiment in that reading from Jeremiah as the prophet prays, we've, we've all gone astray and our iniquities are many, but we trust in your faithfulness, God. Because we know who you are. And we know what we deserve, but we know who you are. And so the tax collector gives uh, that heartfelt prayer of recognizing that there's nothing really he can do except cry out on the mercy of God. And that's what all of us need to recognize in our own lives, is that there's nothing that we can do except trust in God's mercy. There's nothing in ourselves that we can just get our scorecard right, and that will be sufficient. All we can do is cast ourselves into the arms of a loving God who desires to lavish his mercy and grace upon us. And Jesus says, well, this tax collector, uh, he's the one who went home justified. And that's interesting because it doesn't say, well then the tax collector from the moment he prayed that prayer went home and stopped being a tax collector and never extorted any more money from any people and lived his life perfectly. It doesn't say that. It just says he trusted in the mercy of God. And he then is justified. And as Jesus ends this, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted. And as we hear that, I think our tendency would be to even turn that into a work that we do. And so now we have a competition to see who can be the most humble. And then we think, well, I've worked pretty hard at getting myself humble. And then we can go to God and say, look how humble I am. I did this and that and oh... But if we've done that, you see how we're right right back into the first predicament if we do that. Because now we've turned uh, being humble, which is casting ourselves before the Lord, we've turned that into a work that we do. And then we're back into the the same cycle. And as we look at this contrast, I think we need to find the reality that's in the middle. Because the the Pharisee is so sure of himself uh, looking up to heaven that he's got everything nailed. And that's dangerous. And the tax collector's prayer, well, recognizes the need for the mercy of God. I think if all we ever do is look at our sinfulness, that's dangerous too. And somewhere in the middle is the balance of recognizing our sinfulness but also recognizing that we were created in the image of God. And recognizing our need for repentance, but also recognizing that Jesus has paid the debts and that our sins are forgiven. So it's, it's like we need the best of uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector that we can bring those blessings and those things that are going well before God and that we are we have enough trust in God's mercy to look up and to draw close to God. Because the danger is, if all we look at is our sinfulness, we, like the tax collector, with head down, stay far away. And then we think, well, I'm never worthy enough to come close to God. Well, not on our own we're not, but that's what Jesus has done. And so if we stay downcast forever, we never draw close to God who's made a way for us and if we're too sure of ourselves that creates its own problem and so I think this parable calls us to a life in the middle by which we're balanced in the reflection and self-analysis that we need to look at ourselves to recognize our failures and to repent while at the same time coming to God with the certainty of the freedom and new life that we have in Jesus because we have both of those at the same time. The work of Christ has already been done and we can draw close to God and we still have need of repentance and transformation all at the same time. So rather than be downcast or so sure of ourselves, all we can do is look to Jesus with both of those realities in our lives at the same time. And that's the balance and and that really will bring freedom and if we stay in that middle place then we don't run the risk of being in either of those extremes which could lead us awry because if if all we look at ourselves is horrible and wicked that's a downward spiral uh, that quickly leads us to a bad place and if all we do is think we're perfect and God's lucky to have us on his team because we're so awesome that creates its own problem But thanks be to God because of what God has done and who God is, we can live in that middle place. We can recognize our need of healing and transformation and repentance that's ongoing while at the same time our victory has already been won. So we don't need to fear looking at our sinfulness and we don't need to fear drawing close to God. And we're called to do both. And thanks be to God because of what Jesus has done for us. We need not fear, and we can come to God with both of those realities at the same time. Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we thank you for the new life and freedom and righteousness that is bestowed upon us through the work of Jesus on our behalf. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace lavished upon us and that because of Jesus, we can draw close to you. May the Holy Spirit continue to draw us into your presence, that we might be shaped into the image and likeness of Christ, that our lives would be lived to your honor and glory, and that the Holy Spirit may show us those places in our lives in need of transformation and repentance, and that without fear we can come and offer those things to you, and allow you to work in our lives. For we know of your faithfulness and love, and there we place our trust. And we make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.